Prosperity Radio, your nostalgic station. Now, brothers and sisters, good night. Hope you're feeling all right. We here comes freestyle at the control to make things bright and to make you feel all right. All right? All right. Now the summer comes and the winter goes and the rain fun and green grass grow. And everything of its time and this happens to be freestyle. Catch the profile. Your style, my style, freestyle. What? Why is everybody? Mom, Dad. Mom, Dad, where is everybody? Tell you what, this is a really, really, really powerful tune. And it's a subject I think um, we have to deal with. It's a subject that we have to listen to this. Never release yourself, colon mentality. If you say you be colonial, man, you don't be slave man before. They don't release you now, but you never release yourself. If so, I tell you what, <laughs> that is the subject matter for another day. Colonial man, you've been released, but you never release yourself. I mean, that is a really powerful saying, especially for those of us in the diaspora that reflect Africa in our being, in our existence. But um, our practices are far from the precepts of Africa, different parts of Africa, it depends on where you're looking up to. So it, it is really, on one hand, where yes, we're shouting freedom. It's just like on the other hand, other people are shouting slave. So it is kind of really hard, isn't it? Where we're at now, where we are, this modern day 2021, and some people still refer to themselves as slaves. So it's like, on one hand, you're free, but you've never released yourself. So how many of us are still locked up in that colonial way of thinking? That's another subject for another day. I don't know if Kilimanjaro would like to put his two pence into it, but he's here. Let me say welcome to you this Sunday evening. How are you doing, sir? I appreciate you having me. Um, and also I send my greetings to you and to other listeners. I'm good. Yes, sir. Well, welcome. I'm just adjusting this um, track here. I know... Um, Fela Kuti, he's your spiritual leader, as you said. Absolutely. Uh, 
you know, and I played two amazing tracks, Water Not Get Enemy, and uh, this one, Colonial Mentality. Mm-hmm. Two great what tracks, fella, isn't it? it? It sure is. What Fella Kuti did was to actually expunge my belief that I was inferior. He gave me that superior being mm-hmm. and also the ability mm-hmm. to stand firm and speak my mind without fear. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people talk about this and that and that, the worship, but to me, fellow is God on earth. It's something that you said, without fear. And, and it's so important because in every situation and era where there is a massive change against what has already been established, the system, the status quo, it's always a form of resistance and a form of fear of the future. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of time, you know, talking about what he was talking about um, was very feared. Um, you know, in two ways, negatively and positively. Negatively in reference to the people that were governing at that, at that time. And also to the upper class, you know, people were very fearful of the subject matter because that's not what you should be talking about. Um, so looking back, you know, and now those people from those upper class, they were looking a little bit too scared and tempted about Fela and his message. Now everybody now is talking about it. Isn't that really kind of true to life itself? The things that we are very fearful of are the things that we'll turn around to appreciate in some aspect? Well, you got to look at Fela as a visionary. The man saw what the state, what the status quo was. He didn't like it, and he wasn't afraid to criticize and call names. He wasn't afraid of losing everything in order to stand for justice. Fact, he did lose everything. He lost his mother. Mm. He lost his house. In fact, he was even homeless at one stage. Mm. He left England when the English people refused some of his band members um, the right to stay and live in England. Mm. You know, he decided, well, no problem, oh, that's all right. I'll go place called home. When he went back to his country... Go on. Okay. Now, so when Philip went back to his country, Nigeria, mm-hmm. he discovered that Nigeria shouldn't be the way it is. Even though it was being governed by military governments, mm. they could have wiped him out, killed him, you know, instantly executed him. But he wasn't afraid of that. He spoke against them. You know, he called their names. He called them out. He wasn't afraid. They locked him up. He mm. lost his freedom. Mm. I mean, we owe so much to Falakuti. The courage that man gave me, you know, as a mentor, I look up to him. You know, I really do. I look up to him and I support his music. Mm. And I support, yeah, I did. Mm. I buy buy secretary. Yeah, I mean, even at that time, you know, when he formed, you know, his own little government, uh, you know, you'll say the Kalakuta Republic, um, yeah. Many people were very afraid of that move, and 
you know, lost quite a lot of uh, friends as well. But, you know, like I said, you know, we're here now and everybody loved Fela so much because of the things that he was saying, even though at that time it was difficult for many people to come to his head and, and surround and say, yeah. Um, but now at least, you know, we can all appreciate um, what he's saying because, you know, it, it's, it's becoming relevant every single moment of our lives as we proceed, isn't it? Well, true. Fela Kuti, I have to admit, was my father's friend. And my father never stopped supporting him financially, um, written works, you know, and a lot of things. My father did not stop supporting Fela Kuti until, my, until Fela died. Mm-hmm. My father never gave up on him. You know, he wrote good articles on Fela Kuti. Mm-hmm. And my father was also a member when he went back to his country, um, Nigeria. It was also one of those ones that actually would announce the queue and plan coup, you know, and the plan coup for the... <laughs> Who, your father? Yeah, you have the, you, you would advise them on how to plan the coup and also tell them if the coup is not going to be worth it or not. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, my father was, he was very instrumental. Right, right. Yeah. I mean... What is going on, Kilimanjaro? I mean, let's swive off from him, fella, at the moment. Right. Uh, you sent me something just recently. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand what is going on because I don't have TV. Right. Um, but this is like a story about a mom posed naked next to son to mark the son's birthday. Yeah. I mean, what is going on? Yeah, that that was in the newspaper. That's just um, one of those people that live life in a lackadaisical format. Um, I don't know what she's trying to prove. I'm not appreciate of such nonsense. Is it? Is and it I act- think, yeah, is it actress Rosemond, isn't it? Rosemond Brown? Well, it's in the newspaper. I've never seen any work of her. But I think she deserves a jail sentence. There was no need for her to do those sort of things. We don't do that things over here. She deserves what she gets. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is that a bright example or is that too late? Well, I don't know if she was trying to be snazzy, but um, in my opinion, she deserves what she gets. No, in and terms I of, think... in, I'm talking in terms of the, 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 the sentence. Um, yeah. Is that a bright example or is that too late? Because these are very mostly common behaviors. To, to take picture of yourself naked in front of your seven-year-old son, that's not that's not common. I mean, in terms of I mean the behavior, I'm just saying is that the well, I mean, kind of I imagery, don't, don't, the imagery our children are more seven-year-old is yeah, but seven is too old. Baby, I could understand they're not seven-year-old. I mean, it's like some people that give their children cigarettes, alcohol and we to smoke from the 10 and 11 and 12. In fact, that used that, to happen. That, that, that used to happen back in the days, though. Back in the days, well, well, if your parents smoke... No, hold on. If your parents smoke, um, they used to give you the cigarette and uh, to go and lie, or the elders used to give you the cigarette to go and lie. But they would say, well, put it in ne- your mouth. They would tell you to go and that, lie. That never, that never happened to me, and I'm glad it didn't, because... What, well, did your father I smoke? that... He smoked tobacco in his stylish days when he was being snazzy. All right, okay. <laughs> he, he, he smoked to just the pose. 
Oh, you yeah. mean he smoked it? Just, just, just don't make excuse for him. The man, the man smoked tobacco. That's it. Well, I never saw him smoke cigarettes. Wow, I mean, I saw him smoke pipe. Well, that's how they. That's that's what they used to do back in the days. Okay. And who knows okay. what's in the pipe anyway? But that's a different story. But he he, he <laughs> smokes well. That's even with a pipe. That is like he, very classy. He man. did not. He did not smoke per se. He smoked just the pose. That's what he did. He didn't. Born the pipe every single day. Kilimanjaro like, is all right. I'm not even going to ask you if he's like yeah. smoking weed, if that's what you're thinking, because it's a very popular one now, really, isn't it? I mean, back in the days, our parents used to really sneak that in the pipe and all of that sort of stuff. It used to happen, though. Well, I could smell weed if I need to. If, if he did smoke weed, I would have smelled You know, you were too but young. You were too young. You were too young to smell that. Even though I you smell like you wouldn't even I smell. was also wild. <laughs> <laughs> I used to smoke newspaper. <laughs> I mean, that is like, it's like a most people, isn't it? It's a form of practice, right? Yeah, yeah, indeed, yeah. I used to smoke newspaper. I, I never <laughs> see, I mean, we're friends, I mean, going to school, you know, in the early, early years. I mean, these are things that people practice on. He used yeah. to have a horrible taste, isn't it? <laughs> I can't remember the taste. I was a child, and I thought, "Wow, this is cool." I mean, let me smoke. Let me smoke some cigarette, which was newspaper. You say, and that? I burned it. I burned the paper. Mm. I rolled it up. I smoked it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you couldn't even pull anything because you know. I mean, by the time you you light it up, the paper is burning. But it's just that smell. I mean, I'm thinking, wow. <sighs> Yeah, I'm glad I didn't set the house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, only, I only tried it once, and to me, it doesn't like, no way, no way, no way. It's not <laughs> You know. Well, mind you, mind you, when I was growing up, maybe I was work. I wasn't at work then. I was in the state of um, some novelistic person. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were whooped when you were little, you saying? No, I wasn't woke. I wasn't awoke. Oh, right, I right. Was in okay. Yeah. All right. I thought you said you was being, being whooped, like whipped. No, 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 no. I was a spoiled child. No, why? Ah, all right. No, my, my, my parents didn't have the time for that. They were busy working. We just have to look after ourselves. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, the food was there, the music was there, the television... You know, we had life easy. Yeah. I didn't go through any hardship or anything. The only time I, went, I experienced a little bit of hardship was when my parents um, lost their job and my dad wanted to go to Nigeria and all that stuff. And my mom sent me to Jamaica, me and my brother, mm. to Jamaica, you know, to live with my granny in Jamaica. Yeah. Okay, you know, uh, and and I went. I just when I went to Jamaica, I became a real jungle bunny man. <laughs> <laughs> it was like freedom, twenty four seven. Yeah, powerful. I mean, earlier mm -hmm. on this week, I I actually talked about um, look about you know the Bible, you know, um, because it's such a book that's caused a lot of controversy. That is very clear, you yeah. know, and um, so I was trying to look in terms of, um, you know, the relation with 
we've got as it is as how we see it in today because yeah. mm -hmm. i was saying to my son when we grow up you know even though me and my son share the third you know revolution which is like i mean computer and the internet you yeah. know because if you're over 50 of course that's your error you know mm -hmm. what i mean um not so much access to the computer back then but mm -hmm. um we had a telephone yeah. and we can do the telegram we had the typewriters you know things like that with the carbon um so but when you look at the way things have progressed and developed mm -hmm. you know and the time where we were growing up with a moral shaped by the the moral of the church or the bible and mm -hmm. of education so these were very two key that shaped us as we grew up if you grew up in the in the 60s in the 70s in the 80s it was like that so everybody yeah. was guided by those sort of principles and mm -hmm. morals mm -hmm. right now you know it's not the same because i'm over 50 but the same christian morals and principle that was impacting me there is no way i can do it to my children today it's so impossible <laughs> i mean the days of sunday school is dinosaur and some people still participate but to get the children to say we're going to sunday school lesson those days are numbered <laughs> i mean whether you believe or not back in the days but you know you remember we used to pray before we eat the food if you're a christian you come from a good christian home you would pray yeah. before you eat the food well i didn't <laughs> well i mean i'm not sure if you you know i mean that was the order at home yeah but if it was the order for people who grow up in that sort of home you know they'll pray before they eat yeah. and those who grow up in a really you know i mean no strict... you're no you're right some people do but i wasn't my my house mm -hmm. growing up wasn't like that once the food is served, that was it. We just got it done. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, there was no prayer or anything like that. Now. Yeah. No, there, there are exceptions, definitely. But when you look yeah. at, um, in terms of the way and um, how, you know, things shaped us today. Yeah. You know, it's not like that. So it's like that prayer in the morning, recognizing there is something much more to say, higher or bigger you know creator now it's, well, it's very let's very put it, let's put it this way if somebody doesn't know there is something greater than them then you only look you only look at nature for example you only need to look at nature and nature tells you that whoever is the creator of this thing is an artist because an artist will give paint light you know, to the subject or object that they're drawing. So you could see the architect, the, the painter, the, 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 the um, artist putting some finishing touches, putting flowering, putting lightning, putting lights, but, you know, highlighting the thing, objectively, beautifying it, and in some cases, making it even look horrible. So he also shows you that within nature itself, as beautiful as nature might be, the artist got a twisted mind too. Because within it, the artist also painted 
lions, tigers, snakes, horrible things and good things. And, you know, it's up to you what you prefer and where you want to be. Mm, well, I mean, even that, um, you can argue when he says bad things, horrible things about the artists and yeah. all that. But when we look at now, the idea of the the God artist, the creator, um, right. going forward in this, you know, fourth uh, revolution, um, do you see the presence of God going forward a bit clearer or less dimmer? Well, when you talk about God, you're, you're talking about the Almighty, right? No, I'm talking about the Bible. Because, you know, it's through the Bible that we know or come to know the word God and what it actually is all about, right? Yeah, but I, I, I just want to be clear on this. When you talk about God... Who are you referring the to? One, the God? one that we all know are from you, the Bible. Well, I don't know which one you're talking about. It's only one God. The, in the Bible, it's no, only one God. Well, no, no, there isn't. There isn't. It's called are different talking, names. Are you talking about the Almighty Creator? Um, when he says Almighty, the ones that above God in the Bible, like the one that created heaven and well, earth. Well, when I talk about Almighty, I mean everything. He designed it. So when you talk about God, and I'm saying there are so many gods, take for example the Egyptians, they see the sun as God's sun, and all and so many other things that they see as God and worship as God. And if you look at the Ebos, for example, they they will carve something from the tree and call it their chief. That becomes your personal God because they believe the Almighty lives within that chi, which is called Creator. The chi is in evil people's um, tradition is known as chi, which is God. So, and they could carve it, and they could. That's why when the Europeans came to Africa and to the evil land and all that sort of things. The Igbos refused to give away their chi, which they carved for themselves. It's something that they worshipped to get to the Almighty Creator. They said, Almighty Creator that created this chi, which is the chi that they so, worship, hold on which there. could be carved from the wood. Yeah. yeah. So this is very interesting. So the Igbos could not give away their form of worship. Were they um, disciplined, chastised for that, and punished for that? The British wiped them out. <laughs> right. The British, so the now, British what we're seeing here it. now, what we're saying yeah. here now, I'm talking about the God in the Bible, because then you're making it very, very clear that they came mm -hmm. with the Bible where the name God, the one God, whether he's almighty or not, but that according to the Bible, he created heaven and the earth. Now, right, so that's the one I wanted to get to, the Almighty Creator. So, no, what, creator. I, what I'm saying is, we can we can debate about that, but if we're dealing okay. with that God that came to the evil people and and ignore them, that's the one I'm talking about. No, the evil people did not have a God. They had what they call chi, and the chi is a carving instrument and. Ornament that is of 
is of significance to them. It could be something they carved from the wood, a tree. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, Jesus laid on the cross is a wood as well. Well, um, hang on. Yeah. Hang on. And because they carved it out of nature, mm -hmm. they believe that God is in that nature. I know. And, the, and that's how they look at I it. I know. But the story also, that same story is very similar. If you go to Liberia, you go to Sierra Leone, you go to Ghana, you go to Zimbabwe, you go to um, Congo, you know, Uganda, it, the story there is very similar. So what we're saying, that God came and ignore all of those gods and claim him to be the almighty. If that's where you're going, let's assume that then. Well, let's, let's put it this way. Mm. God did not create himself. Man created God. So that's what I'm saying then. So if we're going to be talking about, you know, the Bible, if we had a problem with the Bible, because it's 2021, we, we've been receiving quite a lot of information relating. You know, my thing is, it's like I have seen many people like myself, who grew up in a very strong Christian home. I've preached, I've sang, I've done all of that. Play music in church and all of that. Done all of that. Might have a problem with the church and, re and then, you know I mean, cease to go to church. And at the same time, cease to read the Bible effectively as a form of guide. There are people who still go to church, they don't read the Bible effectively. There are people who as well don't go to church, don't read the Bible, but at the same time, have God somewhere there. So, for me, if we're dealing with the Bible, and if we say, okay, the Bible, something is wrong with it, like most people have realized, even today, we all know that something is wrong with the church, something is wrong with the church, the way they've gone about doing what they're doing, but all is in the name of the Bible, which they went to preach with. So if we've come to I mean, discover that the Bible the church, something is wrong with it. What about the God in the Bible? I don't think we can leave that God in the Bible if we're talking about that, can we? Well, like I said, whoever writes something wrote it for whatever reason for the, for the readers to read, it's up to the readers to differentiate for themselves what they see as nonsense and what they see as nonsensical and what they see as reason. So it's entirely up to the reader, for example, to go to school and take in what the teacher teaches and expunge the nonsense out of the teaching. So it's entirely, that's the reason why people go to school. He encourages your reasoning abilities. So if you read the Bible and you swallow everything in the Bible without reason, that means you ain't got no reasoning ability. Well, this is the problem, really, because you're talking about challenge here, and you're talking about analyzing, and you talk about school. This is the thing. When you go to school, in primary, secondary, in universities, you're meant to analyze, you're meant to break things down and put it in your own words, right? You can do that. We do that with footballers. We do that with football. We do that with politicians. We do that with even the church. We're breaking it down. The pastors, we brought them down and all that. Right? So, at the same time, 
breaking down the Bible, it's something that I felt that people, educated people, have a problem with. So even though you've educated, you've breaking down stuff, analyzed stuff, but one thing is like they don't want to do that with the Bible. Like I discovered with Adam and Eve, for example, what happened in the garden. You know, I've just felt that Adam, you know, will be very, very traumatized with the whole incident. That's why Cain and Abel had to kill. One had to kill them, you know, each other. Being that, according to the Bible, at that time, there were only two of them. So we can see where the trauma, you know what I mean, began at home. Now, looking at it from that point of view, even educated people, seeing that there is a gap, there is a link there, there is something not really add up, but if you're going to, according to our existence, trying to look at where the, the, the problem is, we can look at Adam and Eve as being the problem, being that they were demoted from the garden to a very lower state. That would have been traumatized for two of them. And as a result, probably arguing and fighting every day. And the two sons had that sort of um, behavior. Now... A lot of people will have a problem with that, looking at it like that, and they're educated. So what would you say to that? Well, as somebody that studied politics and society at master's level, and you also include um, philosophy, do you realize that a lot of philosophers are intelligent, well-educated, and they don't believe in God, and they don't believe in viable stories so they don't believe in anything and they condemn it and rubbish it so when you talk about educated people i mean what are they educating literature or what is it well even like the pastors i've spoken to quite a lot of men of god that preach the bible and there are certain things they cannot even look at and when i'm trying to show them this it's like they find it hard but they could see the link you know, they could definitely see the link there. You know, there is something definitely not right. And also, <laughs> I don't think the Bible is a very fantastic book because if it was, the kind of problem and um, discourses and arguments that is actually the cause, it shouldn't really if it's a wonderful, amazing book. Because, you know, for Cain to kill a brother and then he is going down south, according to the Bible, to look for a wife when God created just Adam and Eve. I think that is a very, very poor, poor taste of writing. But at the same time, long ago, it was fantastic. We never in our head, our mind, began to understand that link, that missing link, that gap, how to fill that gap up. Because it's like, we just assume that God is very powerful. God would have created someone else before telling Adam and Eve. We just assume all kinds of things to just make the story look amazing. But, you know, there is a serious problem. Well, the problem is lack of education and understanding and reasoning and reasoning and very poor reasoning ability. Do you know that in this twenty twenty one there are people being killed for so called blasphemy? Yeah. Right. So that that shows you how brainwashed some people are, are now ignoramus and illiterate, a lot of people are. To a lot of people, the Bible is everything. 
of the Quran is everything, of the Torah is everything. They don't question it. And to question it means blasphemy to them. Well, this is again, this is I'm saying is a condition. But these ideas that we hold, we have no proof of it. It doesn't really sort of bring any sort of balance into our day-to-day -day life. Well, there are people out there praying every single day, God, let me win the lottery. How come God hasn't answered? There are people that come, trying to come into this country, and they find themselves drowning by the sea coast, and they're calling God, why didn't God answer them? So, you know, nature is a moral. Nature doesn't know right or wrong, you know. Once you go, in, once you go into a terrain, terrain that's a terrain that's not yours, that's it. Nature will take you up. So you have to conquer it. It's up to you to know how to conquer nature, or how to live in harmony with it. So the people that built ship and canoes and boats and everything have have been able to have that ability to say, right. So this is what you do. If you want to cross this ocean, you sail on a boat. If you want to go to wherever, you, you fly the aeroplane, you build it. So, you know, there are people with thinking abilities that have conquered nature. I mean, if you look at the aeroplane, which to me, I'm still amazed every time I look at the aeroplane. And, and I'm a man that's got a pilot's license. And I'm thinking, how on earth can this thing can this thing object be the law of gravity and travel? And it's not even, there's no rules to say, I'm rolling, you're just flying. It, it still baffles me too today. Well, I mean, you know, you look at the birds and everything like that. But when you use the word conquer nature, what do you really mean? Because we, we are seeing a fight towards that as we speak, where our memories have been eroded in regarding, regarding nature. You know, we're all now more conscious well, about, I mean, what you called vegetarian food and all of that, I told. Yeah. But yeah. Um, we could be eating something different in the next five or ten years. So yeah. what, what do you mean conquer nature? What I mean by conquering nature is basically taming it. We've been able to tame nature. And I'll give you a typical example of that. Most homes in the world or in England or everywhere, they've got gas cooker, they've got electric cooker, they've got oven, they've got everything. Yes, still, it's fire. But we've been able to tame it. We've been able to tame um, heat by introducing air conditioning. Uh, we've been able to tame um, cold by wearing winter jackets, shoes, socks, heating in our homes. We've been able to tame water. We could heat it, turn it on, turn it off. It comes through the pipe. We've been able to tame it. You know, we don't have to go and fetch it. We could tame it and we command it to come through our pipes. That, to me, is civilization. Yeah, but it's not like nothing to do with conquering. It's like working that with... That is conquering. It's when like you tame work... something, when you've mm. tamed something, you've conquered it. Yeah, but, I mean, there are natural disasters happening all the time. My brother, those... you and I, were you and I are a conquered person. We're speaking in another man's language 
that is not originally ours. Yeah, but those language Can't you're talking you about as we've well is not their language too. Well, you name their language. No, you're telling me. I mean, you should be naming your language, but you're talking about the language that we speak. Well, if it's English, if you, then if you it doesn't really me, belong to the you, Englishman in England because that's, you know, it, it's a made-up word that comes right, from different you, parts. Can you understand Latin? Can you, can you piece it together? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but you, for me to what, learn Latin and for me to learn you, this, everything about it, the symbols, dialects, and how the, the well, language no, works, no, no. it's not for conquering... No, for you, people, to say, for you to say that it's like your level of international relations is very low. Uh, uh, what I mean is, when the man came to you, you know you dropped your language. You and I converse in the man's language. When we go to your job, anything, anywhere we go, we converse in his language. We write in his language. We don't write in any of our languages. Yeah, but so we will sing in this language, <laughs> right? So when you say nature, yeah, do you mean the inhabitants? The same way that you're able to tame a dog, and even if you leave the dog on a leash, the dog will still follow you to come home because you've been able to tame it. There was a book that I read when I was at school called Taming of the Shrew. I think David Copperfield wrote that book, Taming of the Shrew. <laughs> mm. yeah. So in that regard then, what do you make of going into this era of artificial intelligence? Um, do you think as humans, because you were talking about conquering nature, do you think... Um, the artificial intelligence, um, Android, you know, I mean, you, you robotic humans, whatever you call them, are going to be taking over us? Well, put it this way, my brother. Or are they already taking over us? Put it this way, my brother. You and I will soon become a part of dinosaur. Because no. the, yeah. you and I will, be, will become a dinosauric age in future because the real um, thing that's going to happen in future is the, the, the artificial intelligence is going to take over the world. The soldiers, the battlefield, everything will be done through AI. AI will be the teachers in school. There will be the police on the road, as you can see it's happening. So basically, human being is eradicating itself. And the only way for human being to survive will be we don't need no more money. Money will become a thing of the past. So in other words, we would all have numbers and, you know, they would allocate certain amount, not money, but just a figure, you know, and give you a card and you spend it. And when, when it runs out, you wait till another one comes and that's how we're going to live. The world is changing. Even school, we don't need to go to school because AI could teach us everything we want to know. You know? So, when people are talking about <clears throat> these artificial age, I mean, intelligence as a very dangerous 
um, introduction to humanity. Um, do you see it that way? Or you see it like it's going to enhance the level of our intelligence? Well, put it this way. Without AI, you and I will find life difficult. AI has an enhanced life. AI could operate, do operation that doctors cannot do. AI finds it easy to do it. So, you know, in a way, we basically, um, um, basically, we are getting rid of unintelligent people and we're getting more sophisticated, intelligent people with ideas. What do you mean people? Because you're not talking about people. If you're talking about AI, you're not referring to people. Human beings. I'm talking about human beings. Human beings are getting rid of human beings. And they're replacing human beings with artificial intelligence. So what, what, what intelligence got to do with this? When you say intelligent people, are human well, beings uh, have never been intelligent? No. Because the word intelligence as well, you know what I mean? It's not all human beings. Not all human beings have been intelligent. Yeah, but the word intelligence is described, I mean, for one group of people in particular, as we know. Now we've come to know that, that word intelligence doesn't refer to a particular group of people. So when you were using the word intelligence in itself, is that a form of a racist terminology that refers to... Because when it says artificial intelligence... Um, and we've been living, like I said, with the typewriter, you know, the, the, the telephone. You know, these are all forms of it, you know, because we, 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 whether you have the home telephone when you were growing up is that you can now speak to people from a very long distance. You know, you, well, don't, you don't have to go see them. That was the idea, really. They don't have to come to you. you. You just have to phone. So we've been doing this for such a long time. But when you say intelligence, you know, we use the word smart world, smart this. Are we as human beings getting smarter or very... I wouldn't say... <laughs> or not? I wouldn't say human beings. I would say just 1% of us is smarter and in charge of the world. We, whoever's got ideas is a creator. If they could put that ideas into what motion. What do you mean ideas? Because again, it's like a battle of what makes sense and what's not. And who really judge what is a good idea and what is not? Well, the mere fact that you and I could have conversation on the phone is an idea. Somebody created it. That person is a creator. Whoever creates is a creator. So the fact that we could have conversation on the phone means somebody's got the idea that, hang on a minute, I could create even a WhatsApp. You know, within a second, it goes in the satellite and it bounces on that person's phone. That is a creator. That is an idealist. That person has got ideas. That person could do without us but they need us to feed them monetarily. So in other words, if they do without us, they could control the world. We don't, the world doesn't need people like you and me. The world needs the best, and the best want the best out of the best. I it's mean, a miracle we're still here. Well, I mean, to be honest, that is a very, 
you know, pompous way of looking at um, the world, really. Um, as in, there are a group of people who are not brilliant, not intelligent, not smart. And as a result, you know what I mean? Smarter people need to maybe control the way things work. But do you think the way we're going, because it seems as if, for me, having a mobile phone, having all of these, um, you know, tools to make us become so independent and individualist, do you think is helping humanity come together in unity or is dividing us gradually and daily? He opens and broadens our imagination and mind. He also educates us. He is us among human beings as been before AI. Example languages, sea, oceans, and trade languages. So division has been there for a long time. Culture even divides human beings because human beings do not understand the fundamentals of living. They don't understand that what makes us unique is to understand each other's culture, not differentiate ourselves by not examining, understanding, and studying each other's culture and appreciating it. Instead, there is war. War has always been there. And these days, AI, for example, don't need to fight war. They could poison us with us. Yeah, um, but that is still a form of war. What's that? What is a form of war? When you say they don't need, I mean, you're talking about the army. They don't need, I mean, like guns and bombs. They could poison right. us through the water. That is I a also, form of a war. It's a form of an attack, I also, isn't it? I also talked about nature. In nature, if you're in aptitude, nature's got no mercy for you. What do you mean? You have to. Well, nature hasn't got anybody that hasn't got any defense mechanism, any skills. Nature ain't got time for that. Nature will eat you up. It's time and place, isn't it, for everything? Time and place. Nature will eat you up. So you have to have mechanisms. Why do you think people jump off the airplane? Because they got parachutes. If they don't have <laughs> if they don't have the parachutes, they'll just jump to their death. So that shows you that in nature you have to be prepared. You have to make sure that you're not in aptitude. You know, you have to be ready. So are you are you ready for the coming, you know, era? Well, I am dinosauric, I have to admit. So it's a miracle for me to still be here uh, because I think I'm from the dinosauric age. I am not from the artificial intelligence age. So when my time comes, that's it. The new human beings that are going to take over the Earth, they would have to have their own plan in motion. My plan is not their plan, and their plan is not mine. Because my one, I'm coming from the age, um, you know, that didn't have um, um, microwave, for example. You know, and these people <laughs> got everything else. So, uh, their, their world is different from mine. You know what I mean? Yeah, their world is very snazzy and 
and I everything is just instant. In my days, if you want the chips, you walk down to the chippy. Now, if you want chips, you just ring deliver and they deliver. <laughs> But that is what I'm saying. So in terms of when you talk about intelligent, because when you look at um, generation today, they lack what we call domestic intelligence, you know, whereby fixing up, you know, bolts and nuts, you know, hanging up, you know, I mean, you know, picture frames and all of they that. They don't need to do that. They don't need to. They go YouTube to show them. And even if anything, they could employ AI to do it. Well, to do until that. then, what I'm trying to say... Until then, it's already here. Skills, <laughs> the, well, I mean, it's about implementing it. These are skills that you can see that people of um, the 70s or 60s do have because it is compelled that you learn those skills anyway. So when we look at these modern time that we spend more time touching the screen than doing any form of domestics. We lack those skills. And as a result, that doesn't make us intelligent at all, is it? Well, those things that you're talking about are things of the past. I mean, the days well, hanging of... Up, hanging up picture frames, I mean, fixing up cartons and all of that sort of stuff. The days of some novelistic person is over. They don't have to do it. They've got computer, they've got everything that stores images, they've got, uh, what do you call this thing? Uh, even my grandson's got it. Oh my gosh. Or in 10. Um, it's like, it's like, it's like a FIFA phone, but, right? It's like a phone, but a big one. Um, oh, I forgot what it's called. They've got everything that stores photos. It's no. well, Nintendo, yeah, you can say that. You know, they've got all of that. Mm. They don't need all. They don't. They don't need to hang nothing on the wall. They got things that does everything for them. Like what? So, like what? Like what we just said. That I mean, for you, them. Do, do you think like when it comes to cooking as well? Because you're mentioning, you know, the, the, the takeaway. I mean, we like had to learn how to cook, <laughs> right? So. When you're talking about skills, like you can go in the kitchen, like you're hungry and you're thinking, let me look in the, in the cupboard and see what I've got. And I could make one or two, I mean, put one or two together. Um, going forward, do you think our children, grandchildren will actually know that skill at all? Why should I? Well, is that kind of like, what, what, what's the point having your whole body and you can't just use all part of it and you're going to be using just some part of it. Tristar, have yes. you ever drank Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola? Yes. Coca-Cola, yes. I mean, have you ever drunk have you ever drunk that? Such a long time ago. Long, long time ago. Well but have you no yes. that, that wasn't yes. my question. Yes. Thank you. And and I'm sure that you just didn't drink one glass of Coca-Cola in your life. You've drunk so many. I'm not sure about said, so many, though. It's not and my favorite. You are, you've, you've, you've drunk twice, Coca-Cola twice. So what drink do you drink if you drink at all? Water. Okay. And beer. So you, so you okay, you, let's take water, for example. Do you drink the water from a tap or do you drink it from a bottle? Um, I drink it from a bottle? Mm hmm Yeah. Okay. So isn't that human being being able to 
contain water and contain water in a container. That's tainted. And the water that you drink tastes the same 24-7. And you've never been to the sea or anything to say, let me get some water, boil it up. Yeah, but hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. You didn't even give me a choice of wanting to go to the sea. You know how many people would choose to go to the sea and fetch their water? But you oh, didn't give God. me that choice, so you, oh, you no, are assuming, you're assuming... No, we can't, we, we can't wait for you to show us an example of you fetching water um, in England what, from the sea. Well, what I'm trying to say to you, morning. this is the point, because there is no choice about going to water. No, there is a choice. Everybody's water. got a choice. You could, all, you could wake up early in the morning and walk down to Brighton and fetch your water from the sea. I mean, You're listen, not it's not like it's not possible, but what I'm saying is, why should I go to Brighton when I could have it in my local area? So, well, my go to point, your local area then, my where point, there is a pond, and fetch your water from it. Yeah, no one's stopping it. My point is, I think you're making it clear, you're, you're, you're really doing it. Imagine a younger generation would sit in a chair on a settee from morning to maybe evening, that one settee. And maybe order for their takeaway, maybe pizza or whatever it is, rice and peas, and sit there for the whole of the day. Now, it's the same thing that you are saying, whereby there is no choice to say, okay, come and cook, learn how to cook. No, they rely on the takeaway. So I'm, I'm saying to you, why should they learn how to cook when everything is there for them? Why? No, it's not, not everything is there for them. Is, not everything is there for them. That's the point. It everything might feel there, it might brother. feel like everything is there. Every single thing is there for them. So that's why that's why I asked you yeah. if you've ever drank Coca-Cola, and you said you have. Now, when you look at the brand of Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola says Coca-Cola says the real thing, and they maintain it. You mean taste the, the real thing? The brand they gave themselves is the real thing. That's how they brand it. So, and they maintain that. Yeah, so but when you it's, look, it's, it's, when it's, you look for Coca-Cola, you're looking for the real thing. So you go out there and you buy it, you expect the same thing. I mean, hold on a minute. You, you never sell Elijah, you, you never Elijah sell McCoy, that. Elijah McCoy invented things, and people will go into the shop and they say, yes, um, this. This is for this. No, yeah, you, I don't you, want you, that oil. You, you can never I want, sell. I want the real McCoy. You can never why sell would people say they want the, Why would people say they want the real McCoy? Because they know the brand, the real McCoy. That is disgusting. Actually, the taste of it is so terrible. So there is no way. I mean, I can think about it. I'm thinking, ooh, wow. I'm, you know, it's been a while since I had a taste. But my point is, Kilimanjaro, what's the point of having your head and every part of your being because i remember during the lockdown i think it showed a lot of people up these people that you're defending right now why should they learn how to fix a nail and, and a, i mean you know a clock on the wall and all that sort of stuff i think the lockdown shows these people up because people who didn't know and learn how to cook did struggle Right, I'm glad that you've talked about the lockdown. Do you know how many people are glad and were glad and still is begging to work from home? They don't want to work from the office. They think, wow, this is a good way to live. 
we could work from home. Well, do you it, know how many? Uh, do you know how many? Um, how many um, workers have refused? They said, "No, I rather work from home. Everything is done through the computer. So even if you ring, um, whatever, they so you're working from home. You might hear some background noises. Mm. You just think, wow, the world is changed. Before people used to get up in the morning, go go to the um, to me, yeah, that, this, whole thing, this whole thing, Kilimanjaro, it doesn't make sense because working from home is not even new, right? From the 70s, 80s, 90s. Now, the thing is, many people wanted that, but it wasn't given, right? Many people wanted to work from home, but it wasn't given. Now that, you know, through the lockdown, I mean, all of a sudden, it's like a new idea. It's not new. You know what I mean? Well, sometimes I, I remember... I don't I remember, know what you mean. I remember my but... parents sometimes, they said, oh, they're not going to work today. And, but the workers, they will come, the junior workers, and it will give them instruction and all of that. That's how we used to work. So I have seen it. It's not like something really amazingly new. Well, I mean, you might look at the junior workers and I think I'm talking about a total company and all the workers are at home. Yeah, but that's, that's what I'm trying to say to you. Majority of so, people, I'm not talking about the whole of the, okay. the, the All right, company, let's, let's, at let's, that talk, time, let's, let's talk about driverless trains and driverless vehicles. Yeah. Artificial intelligence does all this for you. They don't need drivers. I mean, when I catch the train to Gatwick Airport, mm. it's, it's, it's driverless. There's no train driver. Yeah, but what about though? If you have a family, like say a father or grandfather or uncle who used to be a train driver, and now there is no job for them, I mean, do you think you look at it differently than people well, who don't really have family connected at all? Well, look at the bus conductors, and also look at what's going on at the checkout spot, at the checkout point, um, in the stores. Self-checkout is worth taking over. I know, but unless, I mean, you're, uh, unless you're buying alcohol, you know what I mean, you can't do self-checkout. I don't well, think they've the got the intelligence yet for that. The time will come. The time will come. It should, they because, should hurry up. Because they should hurry up. You, because the time, will come, the, the time will come because if you look at the underground, for example, and you use a child pass trying to cheat the system, it could detect it. It blocks you straight away. said, no. But it depends because it depends. Again, <laughs> it depends on what time you're traveling with that child's pass. Come on, you now, cannot it. do it. You, you know, just it, it's like it's like it. if it's like if you pick an elderly um, elderly pass, you know, um, and then you're going to a, a train first thing in the morning or something like that. Of course, it's going to detect it because you're not meant to travel after nine. Freestyle, it just would not happen because. I remember in my younger days when I had my uh, free travel card and everything, and I, and when I reached of age and I still tried to continue to use it, it blocked it. It stopped it. I said, nope. <laughs> I'm telling you, you can't be artificial intelligence. No, but you what I'm saying is, it's not like you can't beat artificial okay. intelligence. Okay. Because the thing is, Let hold on, hold on. The thing is, you mentioned like the self-checkout. I mean, there are many times, and it's not just me, people who drink, right? That is one thing, 
right? You don't go self-checkout if you've got alcohol in your basket because it's not smart. Because to be smart, it's like, look at me. Come on now, look at me. Look at my face and tell me if I'm not really ready yet to drink. But it's one thing I don't think artificial intelligence is intelligent about. Well, I'm telling you that it's time... You need still to look at me and tell me that, yeah, you can drink. The time, the time will come if the underground could detect it. The supermarket, too, can also do this. I think the intelligence the in, the, in the supermarkets, especially the ones that they put to check out alcohol, they are very, very anti. That's why they could not really... So to me, that is not even smart. Until the time, you know, you remember back in the days, like, you know, when you want to go and get a cigarette and you're like maybe 11 or whatever, you know, they'll look at you, a human being will look at you and think, you know, you're not getting it. You know what I mean? Or you want to get the magazine up the shelf, you know what I mean? They'll look at you and thinking, no, Kilimanjaro, you're too young. But as old as you are, Kilimanjaro, going to get your beer or something or your wine, and then you're going to need a human being because why? That intelligence there, so far, it's not as smart as you think. I don't know why you keep emphasizing that. I am because you're talking you about they being smart. They're not really smart as you think. That is my little point. It's my experience, and it's just well, me. I am A lot telling people, you. Yeah. I am telling you that the time will come for them to change the system where you'll be able to detect where artificial intelligence is able to detect somebody's age or they could ask you to put your whatever age on it and really constant well put this for face time listen i Would go you, listen i go to my that, local i go to my local to get beer and when you go to the self-checkout you got the, the the television now looking at you your iris and all of that you know so if i've been there once twice come on i mean imagine if you are behind the counter and maybe i'm looking a bit younger and thinking okay freestyle is underage and then i get to show you my past you, you know that's it it takes once but how many times will i be going there and each time i stand before before him <laughs> it's like i'm here it's like no nah i don't drink my religion don't drink. I mean, that is really, really frustrating. And you go wait there for such a long time for a human being to come and says, yeah, 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 it's all right. And you're thinking, but why? Why am I standing there waiting well, for... Well, first time you're going know. around in circle. I've already told you that the system, that system is going to come. That we but you're telling me to wait. Where the you're telling me to wait. The recognition of your rage will be automatically read by AI. First time, my brother, the point is this. Did you know, without somebody telling me, that we all got different fingerprints? Would you have known that? I know that. Because I've no, got... no, would, would you have known? If yeah, you did know? yeah, we used to look so, at our fingers when we were nah, little. Nah, no, no, nah, come nah, on, nah. Kilimanjaro. I don't know, man. We used nah, to play. Nah, nah, no, nah, Kilimanjaro, nah. we used to play. We look at our uh, hands. Let me say. Star, you're telling me that you would, you would have known that all our fingerprints were different from each other. But hold on a minute. How can you draw a conclusion like that when you look at even your brother? 
I mean, even twin brothers, you can see that, you know what I mean, somehow there is some kind of difference. So how can you assume that our fingerprint, our fingers, the print is the same when the lines on, in our, on our hands are not the same? It doesn't uh, make much, you uh, know. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Do you know AI could also identify a person through the eye people and their range? Listen. And do you know AI can also identify your age by your teeth? Listen, I've been locked out of my phone. Let me tell you now, by AI, right? You know, because my phone, I've got my iris, so I can go through with that, right? Now, at one time, I try to get into my phone, and I put the phone in front of my eyes, and it's like, no, it's not you. And I'm having conversation with, I'm like, hold on a minute, this is me, and it's my phone. And you're looking at me, I'm looking at you. Let me in. No. I had to wait for about a couple of hours. So why is that then? Well, because you got bendy eyes, you got Chinese eyes, maybe. But well, I had it, I had it my, for a while, but it's not like... My car, my car, <laughs> you know. for example, you can't... I could leave my car open and you still won't be able to drive it because you only drives on the recognition of fingerprints. I open the door with my fingerprints, I start a car with my fingerprints. You can't even drive my car. Well, that's, I mean, that's that where is, the world is going. No, that do is you positive know, for me. Do you, do you know that no one could drive that car but me? And I don't like it. I don't like it like that, but that's, that's where we're heading to. Well, you know? I mean, the thing is, it's like a zip car. Unless you're a member, the car will be there on the road. You might, you, there's no way you're going to get into it. There you go. So I think to me, that certain part of that, you know, I think is positive. Like, for example, having no license, but you can drive. I think to me it's positive because the aggro that people have gone through, you know, what I mean, just to have a license and to drive. And also as well, this insurance company, I don't understand it. I really don't. So going into the future where you don't need insurance company, because, for example, if you are registered with a Zip, you know, or any other rental cars, you don't need it. You got your license, you just jump in and jump out. I think that is a really fantastic idea because, you know, it's becoming so ridiculous with insurance company that you're thinking, why do I need them? I don't claim mm -hmm. a lot. Like, for me, I don't claim years. You know what I mean? I've, I don't think I've ever really claimed unless when I had an accident one time. But when mm -hmm. I want to renew... They're telling me because others in my area are claiming this is what insurance said. So therefore, they've got to increase. You know what I mean? But my that's right. That's the insurance got it right because if there are crimes committed, are you serious? Your, yeah. If there are crimes committed, in I'm not talking area, about crime here. It's like people are claiming. Yeah, you, that's you have the reason insurance. why people are claiming if there is crime committed in the area. Not necessarily. Hang on, hang on. If there are crimes committed in the area, if there are police being called to the area often, if you've got a child, that's another punishment. There are so many punishments. Your job also that you do, if it requires you leaving or taking tools to work, Insurance will also increase by that. So you need to study what makes the insurance goes up. For example, the insurance people are intelligent. They might ask you, have you got a child, a grandson, granddaughter, 
a young baby? And if your answer is yes, your insurance goes up because a child is a distraction to the driver. A grandchild is also a distraction. So you need to know what you're doing. Well, if they say, if they say to you, what's your what job you do? And you say, you're a painter and decorator. No, you leave instruments in your vehicle. So they will put up the price. Well, you know, you, you're not like a teacher to say, yeah, I'm a teacher. Your insurance will go down. Really? Didn't you know this? No, <laughs> no, no. I don't think so, <laughs> Well, no, now you know. What do you mean I'm your insurance you, will go down if you're a teacher? Look, a teacher, you're deemed as someone that's responsible. When you tell the insurance people, they ask you, and you say you're a teacher, they'll say, are you a teacher for this local state school? And you say, yeah, your insurance goes down. Kilimanjaro. It goes down automatically. This is the corruption. This is the corruption that we're trying to make sense of, right? Because it really doesn't matter. You're insuring a car for about a year, and that's it. Now... Even the idea, I remember when this whole thing, when I started driving, there was nothing like protect your no-claim bonus. I could not make sense of that. Do you make sense of it? Protect your no-claim bonus? Yes, I do. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, what do you get out of it? Because yeah, yeah, so it goes down. It, yeah. it, it doesn't. My point is, it does. no, that's what you know Look, look, look. The man already used psychology on you by telling you yeah. that a lot of people around your area they claim insurance, meaning right. they have their bad drivers, bad roads. Yeah, what they're telling you, Kilimanjaro? What they're telling you? Angle, you're not letting me land. Bad road. The road might be too tight. Um, the quality, the parking space. So basically, they say this area, the red market, as to say, is a difficult area for vehicle users. So they put up the insurance. It's called safeguarding. They need to squeeze as much money <laughs> from you start to gain profit themselves. All right. Kilimanjaro, mm-hmm. I've got a private garage. My car doesn't park on the road, nothing, 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 nothing at all. But however it yeah. is, there is their loss. Is their loss, right? Yeah, but because when you come out of your private garage, what does your road look like? I paid is for it. Na- is there no, a it narrow doesn't matter road? what it looks like. I paid. Is there, if it's a narrow road, road, it does much. If it's a narrow road, it does so much. So hold on a minute. Is Are you taking out of me like I work for Conway? I don't. It's not my, I mean, I'm, I'm not a local government that used to regulate these roads. I'm not um, city can, you know what I mean? No, so, no, no. We, we look, look, look. You go look at life. <laughs> you go look at life realistically. You can't look at life like some kind of um, sub, um, sub, 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 like a decimal or um, subnavalistic person. You go look at life in realistic terms. If you live on another road. It's more likely an accident to happen. Well, if you live on a road that is two ways and not one way, all of these things count against you when it comes to things. No, what I'm saying is this oh, thing doesn't really matter because I it let... does matter. It does well, matter. I mean I'm saying it might not matter to you, mm. but there are the road users that find it difficult um to navigate the road. If it's two-way street, 
you know, the cyclists, there are people on buses, there are children. I mean, you, you, you go look at safeguarding and take it seriously. Well, I mean, Do you think is, insurance people don't take safeguarding seriously? I, 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 I don't know about that. I really don't know well, about I'm that. You but again, thing. you talk about roads. I mean, they are closing down the roads deliberately to create traffic pollution and at the same time create the idea that there is no many bigger roads to drive in. So as a result, what you're saying, I forgot according to your logic, is like because we all drive now in a very narrow road, so there's a risk there. I get what you're yep. saying. But mm -hmm. what they're doing, they're creating this false perception, right? Because they don't want anyone to drive by a certain... <laughs> They don't want anyone to drive, you know, their own car by a certain time. Now, for me, I can work with that. You understand? Because, like, a lot of drivers are really had it up there. You know what I mean? With insurance, with a parking fine thing, and all of this, I think it's just too much. And now, with this ULA zone, it's just catastrophic. So, something going into the future whereby you don't have to own your car. To me, if any, it's even brilliant because how many people have been, you know, um, deceived or captured in a way where they become very insecure because somebody has a nice car or has cars. So if you're going to the future where you don't have to be like own any car, you know, you just up in an opal. To me, that's fantastic. And also eradicate the idea of a, a license. Because you're going into a car, you don't have to drive it. You just stay there, and then wherever program, wherever you're going, boom. I'm good with that. I ain't got no problem because, like I said, you don't have to get license, insurance are out. All of these are very corrupt. You know what I'm saying? So I welcome that going into the future, but I don't see insurance companies surviving for a long time. Well, it's up to you uh, not to make them survive. I've already told you about in, about nature being in, being immoral. Nature doesn't care. You know, it's up to you to make sure you're not in aptitude. Why do you think people travel around London in e-scooter? Because these people are rebellious too. They think I'm not giving insurance people my money. I'm going to buy an e-scooter, and I'm going to be the congestion charge. I'm not going to pay for it anymore. Oh, that's right. But but yeah, why, why, why should I pay for it? That's London right. is not what I used to know. Before, when I was younger, I used to enjoy um, going on a drive with my dad. Especially if you have a really you know, good classic let's car. Go and see, let's go and see Christmas lights and all that stuff. Yeah. You can't, can't do that now. Because I'm going to pay the mayor congestion charges. You know, I can't do that with my classic car anyway. But what I'm trying to say is, that's why some people know and understand what nature is and what, how nature functions. And the immorality of nature being immoral means it's for you not to be in aptitude. It's for you to beat it. It's for you to say, well, I'm going on an e-scooter. I'm going to balance myself on this and see London, how beautiful London is on an e-scooter and don't pay nothing to the mayor. And while you're doing this, there are people sitting down in your office thinking about ways to get you off the e-scooter and register you <laughs> and register you so that you could take insurance and all that stuff. So, you know, you, 
everybody's got to learn how to make sure they survive. That's mm. what I'm saying. That's right. The mayor, the mayor is there squandering so much money, paying staff so much and himself so much. And, you know, they, they're increasing the fears of people going to going to use the London underground and bus passes and everything. He doesn't care. He wants you to, to put your hand deep in your pocket, work overtime, and, and use his services. So he would try to close the roads down. Yeah. Mm. And and also, don't forget, you know, some people out of their own selfishness goes to the council and say, well, we've got too many school children. We don't want no cars passing on our street. And they, they put a lock on it. And if the council permits them, they'll block off the road. They'll put a lock, literally put a lock. And if you use that road, there's a camera there waiting for you. Well, <laughs> you get exactly. Ticket. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I mean, what they're saying by 20, you know, 30, it would be unlawful, illegal for people to drive their own cars. Well, I'll be too old and I wouldn't even care. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this, um, you know, before we go, um, got about 15 minutes, this new yeah. thing, because I mean, new variant, um, this is a word that we're going to get used to as well. I think it's going to be a yeah. new word. Uh, yeah. This new variant. I, I don't even know what it's called. But what, Omicron. Right, right. Where does that come from anyway, that word? Well, I'm not a scientist. I'm, I'm just following the news that they come from South Africa. And um, a lot of countries have been banned from their residents. Residents from other countries are on a red list and have been banned from entering the United Kingdom. Well... To be honest, um, I've never known England to be like this. It feels like a ghost town. Uh, I don't know. Everyone's got to take precautions. They also highlight that hygiene and taking precautions are important. And keeping your immune system topped up is important too. I mean, before, I would not hesitate to shake a man's hand. Now, there's nothing like that. I mean, for me, I always hesitated to do that. Uh, no, I never used to hesitate. No, I don't shake hands, nothing. Even if my brother comes to visit, we don't shake hands. Well, I, I, I know, I know um, uh, someone who never really shook hands at all. Never. Right. Yeah. yeah. So there, there are people like that. They kind of um, aware of the sense of Yeah, they're fine. Yes. And um, also energy transfer. Yes, you know, yes, and, and don't you're do right. Yeah. You know, yeah. but um, yeah. you, you, you know. So what what is the difference then between this one and the one previous? Um, I couldn't tell you because to start with, I haven't taken the job. And when the one came out, the first one came out, I was in hospital. So you know, hearing COVID nineteen, COVID felt like a new language that I've never heard before. You know what I mean? So, so I couldn't really say it. Couldn't. They're saying this one is kind of severe and this and that. But I don't know what's going on. It's like a strange world to me, like a horror movie. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, it's something that we're going to get used to, um, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of variant. Um, wow. that word and whatever that name is called 
Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I never really seemed to, to follow up. I think from the first um, announcement of um, Corona and uh, yeah. trying to get a grip of what this is all about, um, I think you just lose interest, really. <laughs> yeah. you, you know. well, well, only God knows what they are planning or planned. We don't know. And but what, one thing that I do know is that it's on record them saying that the world population is growing out of proportion. So <laughs> that's a concern to me that somebody could say something like the world population is growing out of proportion. So I don't know about like that. I told because... it, well, that's what they claim. So, I know. When you look so, at the American... So we have to be careful. When you look at America, British, France, German, you know, military base around the world put together, yeah, I think, you know, it's much more space um, for the artilleries than human beings to consume on this planet. Well, like I, say, so. like I say, they're producing food, um, genetically GM food, um... You know, I don't know. They, we are not in control of the world. There are the people that are ruling it and controlling it. And we are sadly, we are just following. So I don't know where we're heading to. You know, like I say, nature is immoral. And it's a miracle we're still here. Because a mad hit like will wake up one day and say, you know what? It's indeed the truth. The world population is too much. Let's get rid of them. I don't know what's going to happen. It sounds like you are, I mean, very apprehensive of the future. Well, to be honest, I like to say um, pessimistic about it. Um, instead of being optimistic, um, I'm pessimistic because they're still insisting on giving people jobs. And there are sheeples that are taking the job, and we don't know what's going to happen. We just have to wait and see. I think that's exactly what it is. It's a game right now, waiting and to see, yeah. you know, what's happening. But, um, you know, hopefully, you know, um, we shall not be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping not. What I'm scared of was that statement that was made by a person that said, uh, the world population is growing out of proportion. We need to contain it. So this job, they've already transferred it to younger people. And this means they could stop them from having children in future. You know, the world is scary. Well, that's the scary bit because, you know, I mean, if you're, a, mm -hmm. a, a, like you said, a creator, if you're creating... You will not stop any form of creation, right? To exist. Well, remember what I said, that within creativity, the artist could draw something beautiful and something ugly. That's right. So maybe what we are seeing right now is not as beautiful, or it could be as amazingly wonderful. Well, in future, there will be no jobs. So think about I mean, that again, too. that is not even a problem, really, because, you know, the idea of jobs is based around religion, if you look at it from history, and, you know, I mean, education. So, 
you know, job is like the form of happiness that is going to guarantee you that. So if you're a good religious person and you, you're going to good school, um, you got a good education, then you got a happy life. So I think the idea has been sold to many and, and also has caused a lot of problems, you know, a lot of anxiety and a lot of trauma because the same education people have gone through and had the same qualification, higher education, but never get the job to qualify that happiness. But here we are. So if we're going into the future where you have to self-create rather than work for those who have already created, it's a beautiful thing, no? Well, what makes the world a beautiful thing is not the things in it. The memories, happiness, smile, you know, that's what makes the world a beautiful place. So we have destroyed the planet and we have destroyed nature, and we have destroyed a lot of things that should have made us happy. Instead, what we have is unhappiness. Well, hopefully, you know what I mean, we can continue to share some happiness here on Fairytale Radio. And I hope next Saturday, if you want to be happy, you know, musically speaking, you know what I mean, come around and uh, come and shake, man. It's been a while well, since you turned up at the Fairytale event. Well, uh, I agree, but, you know, like I said, I'm also scared of the COVID. Um, people gathering in one place is another thing that scares me. So, ah, so we see. Fear not. Hopefully there will be no lockdown. So, fear you know. not, fear not, fear not, my brother. Fear not. I, I, I like Sonota. I like <laughs> Did you know what Sonota means? Sonota? Um, yeah. What's that? It's like a piece of music in several movements for one instrument with or without piano, just like Felakuti. Right, right. Well, come around, man. You know what I mean? And yeah. come feel the vibes there on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll be right there in my snazzy outfit. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, man, Kim and Jerry, you know what I mean? Thank you very much. You're welcome. We'll do Thanks this again. for having me. Yes, Thanks sir. for having me. Have a good Thank evening. Bye, man. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kilimanjaro. Here is a Butela with some highlights. Shout out to Mr. Leon. How you doing, sir? Black Cultural Radio. Good evening to you, Mr. Robin. So good evening to you, Golden Monkey. Also to you, Tony Tokumbo. Jamma, 
Thank you very much for listening and stay with us here on Fairytale Radio this weekend. If you love music like this and many more, you just want to chill and listen to nostalgic music, stay tuned to Fairytale Radio. Later on, we're going to be playing some really cool soul music for you. This Sunday night. And I'll be with you Tuesday evening here between 6 and 9. And also the Epstar will be here between 4 and 6. So have yourself a beautiful, beautiful evening. A day and night.